And now, Dan Happel's Connecting the Dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. Forget the men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. Well, good Sunday afternoon. Welcome to Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. And I have to tell you, we're going to have a, a fun program today. Uh, I met a lady this week. I met her through David Sumrall, but it uh, turns out we've got a lot of the same friends. And I don't know how I haven't run across this lady as a guest before, but uh, gratefully, she has uh, agreed to join us. And we're going to have a a great discussion today. Sheila Holm is an accomplished author. I believe she's got something like 18 books. Uh, she is a business leader. She does uh, webinars and seminars and conferences on entrepreneurship. She is absolutely an amazing lady. She is originally a San Diego native, but uh, she's been living in Georgia for I believe about six years now. And uh, she's been there because she's been making connections with all the things that are going on with the international, the globalist uh, satanic cult that's behind everything that's happening in our country. And she got to Georgia and she found out there are a lot of connections. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Georgia Guidestones. We're going to be talking about the Kassarian Mafia. We're going to have quite a discussion. And uh, Sheila, we had a great chance to visit the other day, but I am absolutely fascinated and can't wait to hear all the information that you're going to relay to our listeners and our viewers on Connecting the Dots. Sheila, welcome to the program. Well, it's an honor to be with you, and uh, it, it's really exciting to delve into these areas. I had no idea. And you know, the end of September will be 10 years. I've been in and out of Georgia to do all this research. Wow. Wow. Well, I knew it was a long time. I uh, I had read somewhere that it was six years, so you'll have to uh, pardon me on that. Time flies when you're having fun. And obviously, by the books that you've been writing, you've been having fun. And I I can't help but mention the Forsake of America series of books. There's five books, and I believe you're working on two more for that series right now. And uh, all I can say is I don't know where you find the time to do all the stuff that you do. 
but you must be an amazing whirlwind of a human being. But God has prepared me for this. Uh, it all is, was originally uh, what happened is uh, in San Diego, I had a major corporation. Um, there were some things happening behind the scenes. Next thing you know, I'm in court about all of it. And uh, having no idea that the judges and attorneys were making deals behind the scenes. And so the, at the root of all of this, what God taught me was because um I ended up putting three superior court judges and one trial attorney awarded the year before in prison on federal RICO charges. And that <laughs> wow. took seven years of my life. And then another five years to put the economic fraud DA, deputy DA, um, have him arrested in his office, convicted and sentenced on felony fraud. He was doing the same behind the scenes, but they didn't feel that it was of the level of the trial attorney and the judges, but he was doing the same thing from the DA's office. So they were deciding, you know, what they were going to do on the cases before the cases even went to trial. And I had to prove it. So the malpractice attorneys said it was too deep for them. So they sent me to the FBI. And at that time, this is back in the 90s, I trusted the FBI. Mm. We've yeah. learned since that that wasn't really a really good idea. But I sure learned what I need to know in order to connect the dots now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the part that's going to be so exciting about the discussion, because this isn't something that you're writing about that you don't have knowledge of. You've been in the belly of the beast. And what you're going to be talking about today is stuff that you have firsthand personal knowledge. You've received all kinds of uh, threats. You've had all kinds of, uh, uh, you've even had personal attacks. Uh, and all I can say is that if anybody has the expertise to be talking about this, it's you. Yeah, I had a bioweapon targeting attack at Lynn Woods, and the other five speakers uh, all went to the hospital and died within a month. That's when they were they were killing these people, and uh, and I was down for the count for six months, couldn't drive, had no balance, had it was dizzy, I uh, had no voice, had it lost all my hair. I mean, everything happened, and uh, I'm still dealing with. There's three areas of my system that's still dealing with the cobra venom, but God has brought me through all of it, and I did not realize until recently. I just started talking as a survivor of the bioweapon targeting and um, your host right before on the, on the program, I was watching mm -hmm. that program and he was getting a little bit into this, but people didn't know because nobody survived. But now right. that I've survived, I've been able to prove the layers, prove that it matches the patent that they got the day before Fauci made the announcement. And, and, and I'm honored to have done that. I just, what God has brought me through has been absolutely amazing. Yeah, well, obviously, you uh, know Dr. Artis. You've probably had some discussions with him because he's done a lot of that same kind of patent research on the cobra venom and some of the things that you've had to deal with. So uh, it's amazing. Sheila, the one thing that I found out in my life, I'm kind of just an average guy. I got into the idea of doing podcasts kind of accidentally. Um, I'm, I'm about as common a guy as you'll ever run across, but the one thing that I do know with absolute certainty is that all the dots connect. It's just a matter of connecting them together with people like you. And I, I thank, uh, thank the Lord every day that I have guests like you that are willing to come on and have the guts to talk about this stuff openly. 
Well, it, uh, you mentioned Dr. Artis. I've been on platform with him. We were just in Houston a little over a month ago, and it was all venom, venom, venom. And he talked through his hour and then through my hour, and he didn't realize. And then we went and did the panel. And in the panel, I shared some of the things, and there were people in the audience coming up and standing in front of me at the panel while it was still going on, saying, I, you've helped me save my life. I'm getting. You can see I'm getting my hair back just by being uh, so open about what has happened and what we need to do to come through this and I my life was threatened because I was using his name after I saw his video on watch the water mm -hmm. and uh, that I was dealing with cobra venom and the good news is they thought it was a chemical mixture that was some kind of advanced agent orange I'm really glad it was cobra venom because God's been able to release most of that out of my system and I'm almost done with it we think but the radioactive seeds they injected cobra venom in it so uh, I've not only been on a platform with him and talked with him, but my life was threatened because he said, if you continue to mention his name and anything about Cobra Venom, because we haven't approved that that's okay, it's in the 2017 bioweapon patent. It's mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. And the okay. person who did the report analysis is the same person who was threatening me. Really? Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, um, let's get started because I want to give you an opportunity to kind of talk through your background and how you got uh, involved in the whole process because your 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 epiphany was what about uh, uh, 2010 or so that you really started to uh, see all the connections between globalism and Satanism and all the rest. I I want to give you the platform. You tell us your story, how that all evolved. Well, when everything was done with all of um, what was happening in the trial and et cetera, they just kept stealing things from me. I didn't have a car for transportation, no credit card or debit card for any financial options. And I wasn't going to redo a phone because it came through my business line into my home and said that they wanted uh, the bills to start to go to the home residence address and not to go to the business address. And what was really crazy is I was paying for that service to be protected and I had a code word on my account they didn't ask for any of that and so I was just done the last time they took a car out of the garage I was just done I just said father there's nothing I can do and he said well through, through me you can do all things I said well, yeah what can you do with me now and this is back in the 90s and uh, I wasn't home for three years except to repack and go to another nation and I learned after going to Australia, you don't pack for fall when you're going to Australia. So I took all my lined suits and <laughs> Australia's fall is completely upside down because they're down under. And I, I had to learn a lot of things. And so he has spent a lot of time teaching me a lot of these things because he knows how to reveal the truth because they've hidden the truth from us. So they're not going to let us know the truth and the people sharing the truth they take out. That's going to be big in book six. And yes, I am doing two more. There's book six that has that. And that's in the beginning of our nation and what they did on poisoning it. the people who were sharing the truth. Um, they took out JFK, Aldous Huxley, who did Brave New World, and C.S. Lewis, who did the screw tape letters. So he was telling Christians what was going on. Aldous Huxley was telling the world, the people in the world, what was going on. And all three of those men were taken out on exactly the same day, 11-2 of 6-3. And 11.22 is 11 and 22 is 33. And so when God has shown me all of these things, we never became as wise as serpents while we remained as gentle as doves. And so many truth speakers over time have been eliminated. 
what you guys were just talking about at the beginning of this program about the Titanic, uh, that was all done to disguise because John Jacob Astor was trying to be, bring people to stop the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. And when Father showed me all of these things and, and all of the twists and turns of the people, there had to be a root to this. And so I kept trying to explain to people what was going on and everything that God was showing me. And I'll never forget, I was in a large resort and I said, Father, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Um, they seem to love everything I say, but they never get in action and so i am i how can i make it simpler and he said you have a salt and pepper shaker in front of you and i said yes because I, I went in the restaurant and just sat by myself and and just had this conversation with him and he said well put the salt in your right hand and the pepper in your left and i said okay so i'm holding on to him and he said do you think you're the salt of the earth and that morning <laughs> just in that time frame i had seen the scripture on you don't want to you don't want to be of bad flavor you want to be of good flavor and so I said, well, I hope I am, and I hope I'm a good flavor, and that was, I thought, going to take care of it, and he said, well, what I want you to tell me is, are you committed to do what you need to do, and I said, yes, I am, and he said, are you willing to surrender all to me and follow my will and my way, and I said, yes, I am, and he said, then you're with me, and I said, yes, and he said, everything else that's going on is not, and I'm like, what, because he narrowed it down to there's just two kingdoms. So we're either with the living Lord or all these other gods, all these other denominations, everything is a spinoff off of lies. And so when he showed me all of that, I was so intrigued. I wanted to figure out what was going on and he knew how to intrigue me. Um, he had me traveling all over and I'll never forget there was a time when I was in uh, London and I was at Earl's Court. It's a huge conference center as you head out on the train toward Wimbledon. Uh, it's about halfway out of London. And so I'm at this event and God said, I want you to help me with this woman. You know, she's a voodoo princess. He didn't tell me she was a trained priestess. I said, oh, she thinks she's all that in a bag of chips. I wanted to hear my friend Earl Harrigan sing. I had met him everywhere I went in the world. God had him there and I wanted to hear him sing. She messed it up the night before. And God had me deal with that. And it wasn't until the book came out that people said, do you realize her curses upon you and everything? She's a trained voodoo priestess. But see, if Father would have told Sheila Holm that, Sheila would have said, well, I need a few years of training. But he knows how to deal with us to bring us through this. So it's been such a remarkable trip. I cannot even describe anything that is a Sheila Holm plan anymore. And I used to have an A, B, C, D, E, F Sheila Holm plan that if this didn't work, Sheila Holm could do this. And, um, and that's why there's an additional book, Seven Step Business Plan, that came out uh, from what you were describing of my coaching background and entrepreneurial training. I was selected to do the uh, defense conversion, and they called it DEFCON. I didn't even know what DEFCON meant mm -hmm. in the military. And they had me do a DEFCON program, and then they went on to a DEFCON 2, on to 3. And um, I, to do the entrepreneurial training when they were having uh, men in the military and in industry in working with aerospace, et cetera, they were going to be closing down and take that information that the military had and use it for commercial use. And they needed to know how to establish a business for that. So I had to copyright the material. So in copywriting the material, Ken Blanchard, uh, who had known me for a long time, said, well, why don't we take that information and do a book? And I said, well, I'm not well known like you are. And I had hired him at Sony, been part of hiring him for a Sony management club way back. And he had a one-page plan, a leadership plan. And he said, well, why don't we do a one-page business plan? 
So we did that and it's called seven step business plan. And so that's how all of this started. Father has just been putting people in my life. I never figured Kim Blanchard would become a friend of Sheila Holm. You know, all of these people that I've met and I've been in conversations with Flynn, but I've never been able to shake the hand of the president. I was invited to his America first gala in November and I was so honored and I thought this is the night. And I said, I'm not meeting him tonight either. And they said, well, if you don't think, this is the team with him, America first team. They said, if you don't think President Trump knows who Sheila Holm is, then you, you're mistaken. I'm like, how would he know me? Because I haven't shaken his hand. I haven't had coffee with him. How would he know me? And they just laughed. And they said, if you don't think he knows what's happening in the world and who the people are that are doing what, what the kinds of things like what you're doing. So I'm a farmer's daughter from Nebraska. And God has been able to train me in um, in all of these things by being in California for decades and trying to get back there now is almost impossible because houses are going up another 100% like every two months. <laughs> it's just crazy what's happening at the prices. And I keep thinking he's going to resettle me permanently in California, but he's not saying anything. And I never thought I would be here this long when... Um, General Flynn got my books in 2021, his son called and he said, ma'am, he said, the general wants your second edition. And I said, well, there is no second edition. And he said, ma'am, this book is seven years old. And if I would have been not thinking it's General Flynn, I would have probably known 2014 to 2017 or 21 was seven years. Instead, I got my hand under the desk and I'm counting 15, 16. And I go, oh my God, Lord, you've had me in Georgia for seven years. But what he's had to show <laughs> me, and he had to prepare me for this is he had to show me how deep the evil is. He had to show me that it was being done in Georgia and America and Georgia and Russia, which is part of what they call the Ukraine, but it has no borders because it's never been a country. It's ancient because area expanded. And it really does belong to Russia. Mm -hmm. um, but if you put your palm on ancient Kazaria and you stretch your fingers out around the globe, they're absolutely everywhere. And they're behind all the financial structures, they're behind all the governmental structures. They used identity theft to change rulership in the nations. They've used identity theft to infiltrate our nation. That's my nation restoration book. Um, they have done all of this. And what are the chances that due to the corporation trial, the FBI would keep changing my ID supposedly for my protection and identity theft would happen every time I start my life over. And it was always on my own dime. So now I've been on God's dime for more than 30 years and he has just prospered everything. He, these books are just, it's amazing to me and how he does the research. He said, let's just go on a, let's go on a road trip today. And I'm like, well, where are we going? Well, we don't leave the house, but he'll tell me like on the Georgia Guidestones, I couldn't get the root of who the people were. And he said, what I want you to do is draw a line from uh, Atlanta over to Columbus, Georgia, and put a mark about halfway in between. I said, okay. And he said, you're going to find the information. And he narrowed it down for me to a hardware store that's also a farm supply and a feed supply store. And I thought, okay. And there was only one that had all of that in its title. And so that's how I found the letters from the Masonic Lodge in Elberton, Georgia, about the Georgia Guidestones from men who wanted to clear their conscience before they died. And they mailed really? it to a member who was shunned from the group because he wouldn't cooperate with the Georgia Guidestones being erected. So they shunned him and he moved. And it was it was in his hands and he put it out on the website so it would always be available to people. And that's when I found out who's behind it. And of course, it all goes back to the, the main names that are used of the top families. And it's a Rothschild. His name was Ted Turner. 
And so mm -hmm. as God unfolds all of these things, I would have no way as Sheila Holm to correct the history they've destroyed. And they did it in Georgia here, in Georgia, in Russia. And it was all done by King George III. And as soon as they were done with him, they poisoned him. Wow. And so it, the poisonings are going to be in book six. Now that I've been poisoned, God wanted me to emphasize that. And I didn't know because um, a friend, Juan Osaven, had said the night I met him, he said, you know, there's going to be two more books. I said, sir, I went all the way to the top, not high nobles in the Knights of Pythias. There's no way. And now I've been targeted heavily and I'm just trying to get my health back in order. I said, there's no way I should go deeper. I think I've given enough information. He said, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't declare to the father that you're not going to do six and seven. I'm like, oh, really? So I leave the, we, we were at the Trump Hotel having dinner that night and uh, in Vegas, and I, I leave the hotel to go back to my hotel. And um, God was giving me some really wonderful information about these ancient Kazarians, et cetera, et cetera. And that I hadn't talked about them and hadn't explained them. And the people don't understand that there's only two kingdoms and they're operating in the other kingdom. And people think that they're worldly and, and prosperous. And, and you've got to define. And I said, OK, God, if you want a book six, I'll do a book six. And he goes, no, that's for seven. Uh, I have a different purpose for book six, having no idea that he would show me all of these people poisoned. That um, mm -hmm. and a lot uh, like what I just mentioned, John Jacob Astor on the Titanic, uh, J.P. Morgan, then taking uh, that was his ship line. Then you find they don't even know in my book five, J.P. Morgan handled the estate of a Kennedy once they took him out. And uh, these were the men who would not agree in the Jekyll Island Millionaires Club for the Federal Reserve. So the poisonings have happened again and again. They took out Jefferson and Adams, uh, 50 year anniversary of our country, July 4 of 1826. Then, then Monroe, President Monroe came out with the Monroe Doctrine before he became president and was telling everyone, we've got to stop this infiltration or they're going to bring everything that we just got away from there here. And uh, they took him out by poisoning on our 55th anniversary of our country. And then God said, but you don't have the architect. King George. And I said, well, you just told me King George and there's so many. And he said, where did we put the Georgia Guidestones? And I said, in book three. And he said, but Sheila, what chapter did we put it in? And I had it in six because I thought that was man's plan. Georgia Guidestones were man's plan against yeah. us. And, um, and God said, no, we have to put it in, in chapter three. So I said, well, it was in chapter three. He said, well, maybe you should look up King George III. And then that's when I found out he was poisoned on January 29 of 1820. So within a decade, they took out those plus others. So that's what book six is going to be about is showing us that when you come out and profess the truth, they will scandalize you, say that what you're saying is a lie because everything they say is a lie. And that's what Director Casey of the CIA told us in, eight, in 1981. He was, only, he was in, the only one in there six years. He was in there from 81 to 87. And his quote in 81 was, we have to tell the American people lies until everything they believe in their life is false. Mm -hmm. And that's where they've taken us. And yep. when God showed me that, that's either in book four or book five. I think it's in book four because I got deeper into Operation Paperclip and Mockingbird and five and J. Edgar Hoover. And so as God's been showing me these layers, I never could have done this without him guiding me and telling me where the information is. And then he always had me look up their backgrounds. Um, and J. Edgar Hoover, Germany, 
uh, on his dad's side, Switzerland on his mom's side, no towns, no background, no careers, no information. And you know how it was with, with the immigrants. They had, to, they had to make sure that their police signed off, that they owed no bills from the country they're coming from. They had to come in clean, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But the people that infiltrated, which Kennedy warned us about, it's, gonna, it's an infiltration, not an invasion. It uh, seems like an invasion now, but it's still the same infiltration mm -hmm. and they have handlers and they're able to get the documents. And that's why there's so many people voting that shouldn't be voting. It all relates. All of yep. these dots connect. Their whole massive plan against us is completely layered and they've been so effective with it because anybody who tries to tell you that is not what, what needs to happen. This is really the truth. They'd eliminate them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're absolutely uh, connecting the dots. <laughs> what can I say? I I am tickled to death. Now, talk a little bit because this is something we we talked about earlier when we were off air. Uh, every time you start talking about the Gasarians, uh, people take offense to that and they say, "Well, that you know, you're anti-Semitic." That is not true because the Kassarians are not Jews. They are someone totally different. Let's talk about that. Well, they lied about it. They didn't have a religion, didn't want a religion. And um, they were forced, they said, you gotta declare one or the other. You either need to say that you're that you're Muslim or Christian or, or Judaism. And so they just chose it, but they're not that. And that's how they've been able to disguise themselves. And that's why their emblem, and now the emblem is on the Israeli flag uh, because they say that they are Jewish and that belongs to them. The Hebrew Israelites were not allowed to return. And so when they say it's anti-Semitic to talk about the Khazarians uh, being evil Jews, they were never Jews. Their symbol of the double triangles goes all the way back to the ancient times. I sent the logos in. I don't know if you have those available, but on the logos, the double triangles are there. And it's in scripture. Father said, you, you make a star of your own and you worship it and idolize it. You are from the synagogue of Satan. He described all of it. There's three scriptures that describe all of this. And um, he said, you do not, you do not, you're not believers, you are not. And that's been the whole thing that has been permeating through. That's what happened to the Civil War. They were killing the Protestants and they were killing them on purpose. And the, when the men found that out, and they, so many had already lost their lives. They just stopped the war and just went home. There was nothing else they could do. And the person who took out President Lincoln was a Knights of Pythias high noble. Mm -hmm. His dad uh, was a was an entertainer and an actor, and uh, his five brothers all owned theaters, and they entertained for the Knights of Pythias. But uh, on their website, they show in the memorial pages even Louis Armstrong, the trumpet player, the the entertainers, the governors of the states, the federal judges, state judges. Um, the list goes on and on. Congress, Senate. Uh, and what it is, it goes all the way back through these secret societies to the ancient Khazaria plan and agenda to overtake the rulership of all the nations. And that's exactly what they have done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have. Exactly. Now, would you uh, maybe describe to our uh, our listeners a little bit about the uh, the process that you went through uh, to tie everything to the Georgia Guide Zones, to uh, to understand how important 
this international connection is and how it's all uh, satanic. Let's talk about that. Well, the father started telling me that everything's a lie. 19 is their power number. They're only 19. They were only 19 feet tall. They're down. Um, but they were only 19 feet tall. They were advertised globally as the tallest granite monument in America, considered the American Stonehenge. All of these were lies. And this is what father kept showing me. All they can do is lie. They've lied their whole lives. It's all they can do is lie. And they believe their own lies, but they know that they're that they're making the people believe the lies. That's their whole goal. But uh, our faith monument is 81 feet tall, which is a little bit taller than 19 feet, and it's all in granite. And so as Father kept showing me these things, but regarding the Georgia Guidestones, he told me it's a lie. It's a lie what they're saying about it. So I went back and read the newspaper articles and I shocked people in Georgia because they never looked up any of the information about it. The men were all in the same Philomathia number 25 Masonic Lodge. They were all connected with the man who did this. They knew the name of the man who did this and said it was all mysterious. The, the granite Builder said that he kept increasing the price because he felt the guy couldn't afford it. The guy was a Rothschild. The Rothschilds paid for all of this. And so then he made it a mystery that checks came from all different places. The banker said that, that he accepted it, even though he, they gave a pseudonym of R.C. Christian. Mm -hmm. And uh, have me come back to that because there's a miraculous way that God helped me because I you can't find out anything about R.C. Christian anywhere. And then God's <laughs> told me how to find him. It. It's adorable. So but what happened with this guy, he ended up sending this money. They erected it on 322 of 1980. And 322 is their demonic numbering system. And it comes out of Genesis 322. And God had to show me all of this. In Genesis 3.2.2 is when the father said, now that they, Adam and Eve, now that they know good from evil, let's say eat of the tree of life and live forever. There's a long pause. You can see it right in the scripture and then say love. And instead of doing that, Adam felt so ashamed they left the garden. So when they left the garden, Lucifer has been using that forever saying he's cursed his own people. This isn't their land. They don't deserve to be here. You've got to eliminate them. So it goes deeper than the Kazarians, but the Kazarians prove they're the other kingdom. And again, God had to keep telling me, remember, Sheila, there's only two kingdoms. Are they operating with me? Or are they not operating against me? And that has helped me so much because they name them all sorts of different things. They name them uh, the Jesuits. There's the evil Jesuits. They aren't the evil Jesuits. They're of the same agenda and plan. Mm -hmm. They aren't the evil Knights Templar, but they're of the same plan. They even eliminated all the nice Templar, but some survived because they went in other areas and they're all still doing the same plan. So there's only two kingdoms. So our, our father keeps saying, are they operating with me, Sheila, or are they operating against my people? Because we're in a battle of life and death because everything to them is depicting death. And that is everything that was on those Georgia Guidestones. We were at number seven in 2020. It says, uh, avoid useless laws and petty officials. Let's go in and defund the police. People mm -hmm. didn't realize, and God showed me this the day that I landed in Macon. They were doing the third election because they kept getting too close on the vote. They were merging the county seat with the city of Macon. The city structure in the Constitution and the county structure is separate. And I said, Father, what are they doing? He said, they're eliminating the sheriffs. 
Wow. So last year I was interviewed by a woman down in Miami-Dade. I said, please don't say Miami-Dade. Does that mean you guys merged together? She said, yeah, we did. I said, well, do you have a sheriff's department? She said, I don't know. And I said, well, please read your state constitution and check if you have a sheriff's department. So it was a few weeks and she called me back and she said, we don't have a sheriff's department. They've eliminated it. And I mm -hmm. said, well, then read your state constitution. Instead, when you're in a problem, what do people do in current day? They go hire an attorney. So she went and hired the fanciest, most well-known constitutional attorney she could find to see what it says in the Constitution about the sheriff. And our state constitutions are much easier to read because they're still based on the Bible. They still have God's name in it. And so I said, please read your state constitution. And the constitutional attorney didn't have an answer for her yet. When she finally read it, she called me so excited. She said, I see it. I said, what? It says very simply. If your county does not have a sheriff, it's the responsibility of the people to appoint one, not elect one, but appoint one that you could trust. And so she said, I think I'll become the sheriff. I said, don't you dare. She said, why? And I said, because there are nine, seven or nine principles that a sheriff is completely responsible for. But now they've given them like 90,000 things to do that are paperwork wise and they tie them down. But our constitutional sheriffs are above the FBI. Mm -hmm. Our states are above everything. And so people don't realize, and I keep saying, read your state constitution. So now we're going to swing back. And when they gave the name R.C. Christian, they were lying. And they said it was a pseudonym, and they misspelled the word pseudonym on the concrete to the left of the guidestones. They were in yeah. such a hurry to put it down. Yeah. But these men in the newspaper said that they thought it was one of their Shriner friends doing a prank on them. That meant they were in the shrine. They weren't just in the Masonic Lodge. They had been promoted up into the shrine. And when you go into the shrine, that's even, you take the oaths in the Masonic to Allah and Isis and Ahura Mazda. And nobody realized when they bought Mazda cars, that's the ancient religion of Iran that came out of Egypt originally and survived and now is what they're practicing in Iran. And it's got the cockatrice wings, and but it's that ancient. But people are taking oaths to things they don't even know what they're taking oaths to, because mm -hmm. you do it that night, you never say it again, you never, you never have the information, you don't search it out. And so God had to show me all these things to explain to people, you don't just have idols and other gods, you've taken oaths to other gods, oaths mm -hmm. to other rulers of ancient times. You've taken uh, all these things that have happened. So when I said, I've got to find R.C. Christian because that was used as a pseudonym, he said, well, we'll go to his obituary. And God had to tell me his name was Robert Clark Cook. Of course, as soon as my book came out, the Internet changed his middle name to the word Carter, <laughs> President mm -hmm. Carter. But it's, his name is Robert Clark Cook. And it was only in the obituary that I could find that he's tied in to Planned Parenthood. All of this goes back to the ancient plan to poison us and kill us. And Robert Clark Cook's eugenics information is what Pfizer is doing right now that caused James O'Keefe to be removed from Project Veritas because he was over the target of their transhumanism plan. So I nice. sent him the logo of the ancient eugenics that was what Theosophical Society merged into. And so I sent those diagrams. I don't know if they can share them or, or post them below this interview to make it available to people. But eugenics is purely the self-directed human evolution. There is no human evolution. No, no. 
this doesn't even happen, but the transhumanism is what their goal is. And the same information that Mengele used, Hitler used, is what Robert Clark Cook used, and his best friend in America was Margaret Sanger. And mm. the mentor and uh, intern with Mengele was Fauci. So what we're dealing with in the Kazarians is that every century they do the same things. Every century they have a pandemic in the 20 year because the 20 year is their ultimate year. 19 is their power year. And every 20 years they're doing something else horrible to us. But in the 20 year of every century and now in 2020, that's why this has been so horrific. They're so done with us because it all relates. And in the Georgia Guidestones, the reason why they said we had to reduce the population to 500 million, they are exact in the numbers. The population of our world at 7 billion, when you divide it by 14, Osiris, the obelisks, what they've done to us, that those obelisks are supposedly PowerPoints that work off of the grid that, that was the Georgia Guidestones. When you divide the 7 billion by the 14 that they operate with because of the 14 parts that Osiris was cut into, their God, you get 500 million. Hmm. Wow. Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, th this is the kind of research that nobody does. And that I think if there's a, a, a problem that the American people have is that they're so superficial anymore, they don't want to do the research. And that's why it's so important, someone like you that is doing the research, that they follow what you're doing and actually read your work. Oh, and that's why I'm telling everyone, you've got to get tight with the father because he tells us mm -hmm. you'll fall for the other voice in that day. If you don't know how to be tight with me, if you don't know my voice, they'll be able to convince you that it's me and it's not me. And that's why I've been saying that so much that people have sent me all sorts of gifts that say tight with the father. They've had things made that say tight with the father, get tight with the father, because um David McCullough, do you remember him? He received so mm -hmm. many awards for his history books and et cetera. Mm -hmm. He was writing the books to convince us of the lies so we would never know the truth. And he's one of the people I was sending out for a while on Twitter and other social media, uh, the picture of those elites that were all awarding themselves right around 2000, 2001. And that had Fauci in it, Ted Turner and uh, Bill Gates Sr., Bill Gates' father. Uh, it had uh, David Rockefeller. It had uh, the three funding sources, uh, John Jacob Astor's daughter-in-law, uh, that was still funding all these things. I mean, all of this was all, they were all standing together. They were all awarding each other. Now, how do they get the money to award each other and become so philanthropic? Through us. Mm -hmm. Where do they launder their money? Through the Ukraine, which is Georgia and Russia. I mean, all of this, all of this relates. And without father's assistance in searching for this, you can't, you can't find these things, like go to this man's obituary, and that's the only time I ever saw him connected. It didn't have Margaret Sanger's name, but it had one of the awards he won, can you imagine, in his obituary from Planned Parenthood. Wow. And that's and you can't how you find it anywhere connected. else that he's even connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why the kind of research you do is so incredibly important. And you say very openly that all of the research you get, you you talk directly with your uh, with your father, uh, our father, 
and have a direct communication with him on a regular basis. And I have to tell you, I think that's absolutely right because I do a similar thing. I think a lot of believers feel that. Uh, they feel that intense personal uh, connection. And the reason that I say it is because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if that weren't the case. Well, because we become so comfortable. I was comfortable when I had the corporation. Mm -hmm. I had my retirement figured out. <laughs> it's silly to look at it and think about it now because I didn't have anything that was going to be figured out. But um, but I thought this is going to be it. Uh, I I had the houses, I had the cars, I had the clothes, I had the, you know, I mean, I, I had it and I had, had it all figured out as to what my retirement was going to look like. And it was all going to be wonderful. And, um, and then when they kept stealing everything and taking everything and everything was unlawful, how would I have ever known how to come through all that legal stuff? I, I've told people, I, I think I spent more time in the law library than most attorneys in uh, San Diego County. Uh, because I didn't know what to do about all these things. I had to have his guidance through this. And everything they did to me was a different type of law they were breaking. You know, so I had to go back and research again and find cases to cite and et cetera. It just what they did. And then even after that case, they kept me going to all, every court in San Diego was filing cases against me. And it was all being done by the same little cult of those judges mm -hmm. and attorneys because uh, there were 12 judges and seven law firms identified and only one attorney and three judges, including the presiding, that were actually convicted and sent, sentenced mm -hmm. on, on federal RICO racketeering charges. So so when you think about the things that you go through and people go, I'm so fa sorry, Father allowed all of that. And I said, he, didn't, he never left me, never forsake me. I mean, it's not God allowing these things. I was on a train wreck plan to this retirement. It just was, it was not going to be doing what God needed me to do. I, mm -hmm. And you don't realize it until you're at that point. You have absolutely nothing and you have nowhere to turn. And you, nobody in your family believes that the FBI is corrupt. Nobody believes that the court case was corrupted. They think that if you, if you would have told the truth, you would have won in court. So maybe you're not telling us the truth. I mean, the stuff that came against me, but father never left me, never forsook me, walked me through it, kept me through it, uh, gave me a car in tw in 2000 with, with handling absolutely everything. And I'm still driving that car and that car never has been on the side of the road and never had a flat tire. <laughs> uh, this kind of a life can only be lived um, with his grace and his hand upon you. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree with that. Well, uh, you, I know that you work with a lot of uh, military leaders. Uh, you're on a, a, a kind of a chain that I'm on as well uh, with some, some of the top retired military leaders in the country. You have had a really, really good, uh, strong connection in that regard, but it kind of came by accident. Would you kind of talk about how that all happened? Well, there's uh, 30 retired generals that are so tightly connected that people don't even know what they're doing, but they've had such a heart for this nation and have hung together. And they have um, two major operations that I've been sharing with people. One is Operation Jericho, and that's for the J6ers. And I was already having not only David Sumrall, but Trennis Evans out on all sorts of interviews because people kept thinking as part of the movie. It's not part of the movie. It's real. It is real what they're doing. And a lot of, of the people that are sitting in the jails are, are decorated veterans who've 
served mm -hmm. for us and, and many are being sentenced to prison and, and some have committed suicide. So that's Operation Jericho and then Operation Sinaloa is what's happening at the border and living in San Diego and dealing with identity theft on every single social security number change. And I have 25 pages of ID documents that are sitting in a, in a federal uh, grand jury uh, case filing uh, that they asked me to do because citizens don't submit. It's the FBI, but since the FBI did all this to me, my grand jury people in San Diego asked me to submit and President Trump put a case number on it as soon as the FBI FOIA came back. That was 13 months. They wouldn't give the file to the U.S. attorney. So when all of that came together, President Trump gave it to IG Horowitz. And so I was working with him up through the end of 2019 and the FBI nationally across the street from him wouldn't even cooperate and uh, and help on this case. He was asking them, we need to get this resolved and they wouldn't resolve it. So he's realized things that he didn't think were even real. Mm -hmm. And so all of that was happening. And if I, seriously, you, you mentioned, if you've got to experience these things to know that when God tells you that you know that you know that you can help these people through this thing. And the uh, one of the borders called the Sinaloa case and uh, operation. So Operation Sinaloa just had its first major, uh, as far as I know, takedown uh, in the last few days. And the video is out already of one of the major cartels that was broken up because of this Sinaloa operation that's going on. But where I can compare, if you look at Operation Jericho and what's happening to the J6ers, it's the exact same thing that happened to us dealing with identity theft. Nobody wanted to believe it was real. Nobody wanted to believe it was impacting us, but I was able to track it all down because I was dealing with it every 18 months, the FBI was changing my ID. And when they changed my ID, I had to start over on my own dime and deal with identity theft against a new number. And sometimes I was dealing with it before I even got the new social security card in the mail. I mean, wow. that's how fast they're operating on these numbers. And so when I researched all of this, what I found out, and I helped write this, uh, the first law with a congressman in San Diego, San Diego, and then when it wasn't accomplishing anything, I wrote the second law myself and gave the talking points memo to the uh, Senate Banking and Finance Committee in 2003, and that became the second identity theft law, July 15 of 2004. It was going to be called the Home Identity Theft Law, and it just became the second identity theft law. So I asked the senator who submitted it, I said, what happened? And he said, well, you should just be honored that you served your country. And I said, but I've been trying to tell my mom and dad the truth for all these years, and I had them listening to the Rose Garden presentation by George W., the 43rd president in 2004. And I said, they're listening and they're not hearing anything that I submitted anything or did anything. And he said, well, that's just the way it goes. But you should be honored that you served your country. I said, I'm honored. But what's going on? So I had to do the research myself. And they're doing the same thing to the J6ers that they did to me with the identity theft and all of the people dealing with identity theft. We were identified as witnesses. And we don't witness anything that crime happens in the credit bureaus. Mm -hmm. The J6ers are considered witnesses to the crime. And now they're making them criminals of the same crimes that they witnessed. And yeah. they didn't participate in those crimes. And the, the victims in identity theft are the banks and insurance companies and credit holder companies. And those are the people that have insurance on their losses, not the citizens. We're the victims. Yeah. The victims and the J6ers are being turned into victims and they're not recognized as victims. That's why they're being treated the way they are, because it doesn't matter what the law says. It matters how they identify them within the crime. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so 
they destroyed me so much that the young FBI agents, because they have to retire at 53, didn't know any of this. Seriously, if I hadn't lived this, I, I'd have a hard time believing it. They have to retire at 53. So the younger guys, by 2010, 11, 12, the time frame you were mentioning uh, a little bit ago, um, that's the time frame when the new FBI agents were out visiting with people. And I wasn't supposed to let anybody know what the FBI was doing to help me. And they were mm -hmm. out interviewing people that are my friends now that weren't even around <laughs> or in part of any of this. And I never discussed it with anybody because they told me, if you discuss this with anybody and you cause any compromise, we can no longer help you or protect you or secure your record. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that all that was a lie. I believed them. And so I wasn't protected anyway, but they were around interviewing my people, trying to make me look like I was the criminal. And this is what they do. And they put us on domestic terrorist lists. So we're mm -hmm. all there. Mm -hmm. So you're so right. Experiencing these things, it gives you a different viewpoint. And when you ask the father, what can I do to help the people? The J6ers had no idea how I could relate it to identity theft. And now so many more people are coming forward because nobody had a way to be a voice before. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. I hadn't made that connection with identity theft, but um, the fact is, is that they, they did the same thing with the elections. They've done that same thing pretty much throughout the whole system. And we didn't realize, but it actually boils down to identity theft. Mm-hmm. And that's what these Kazarians have done to take over rulership of nations from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And do you know how they've calculated with the um, J6ers? The J6ers are witnesses also. And do you know who the victims, who they've identified the victims as? The residents of D.C. And mm -hmm. the residents of D.C. were either at work or at home. They were not. They were not. Yeah the ones who were victimized by any of this. So, but they're doing the same thing, which means that we don't have rights. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it was adorable. I was bringing Lloyd Brunson on interviews because people weren't understanding that case. They thought, well, it's over. And I said, no, with the people's court, we're still waiting for the right timing for that to be a public hearing. And it's just not now. And so they, they scheduled again and no, nope, it's not yet because there's more happening on that case uh, that we can discuss if you want to. Um, because now there's three layers to that case that are really exciting. I'd and, like to hear that. Yeah, I would. Definitely. Okay. And well, I know Loy because he's been on our podcast before talking about this case, but I'd love to hear uh, the inside to it. Well, when he was on your program, his case probably wasn't ready to come into the Supreme Court, but it's real close now. He's already gone through the federal court. They've got him in 10th District. They'll probably do the same thing and, and join it with Raylan's case. So that case, just very briefly for the people listening, that case is a case that is trying to hold the people's feet to the fire who did not follow our Constitution, and yet their oath is to the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what that case is about, that they, in essence, did not proceed according to their oath to the Constitution. Okay, the second case, which was filed by Todd Callender in April, and I can send you a copy in the serving documents and all the attachments, that case we found out they never took the oath. And really? we gave, we gave, they were given the 10 days to cure, they never cured the oath. Mm. So now that they haven't cured it, 
Now that case has been filed because you can't be in that position. And all of these are from Kamala Harris down. It never includes the president. That's per the constitution, but it's from Kamala Harris and all the way down. That's everyone they appointed had no right to be appointed. That's every law that they've been trying to pass is not as is invalid because they can't be voting on it because they shouldn't be in the chair because they have taken their oath to our constitution to represent us in this country. That's astounding. I did not know that. So now the third one, and, and I'm loving this because that's what I said in San Diego. I said, these people who seem to be legitimate people and are operating illegally because as a judge, if you've taken an oath, you can't be doing these things mm -hmm. in the courtroom. And so now there's a third case that's getting ready to come forward, but we have to find an attorney in D.C., who's licensed in D.C. to take on the sponsorship of the attorney filing the case because you have to be licensed in D.C. to bring the case to D.C. And none of these federal judges on the list, including the one in D.C., have taken their own or cured might, the invalid. I might know somebody. I'll, I'll uh, talk to you after the program. I might know someone. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome because we're real close. That case is ready to file. So it was the writ quo warranto. If people can pray about that, that's the one that got filed in April. And that's the one that is the other side of the Brunson case because they didn't take their oaths. We gave them the opportunity. They chose not to cure it. Now they're going into trial. And then mm -hmm. this third one is all ready to file now. And that's a pro hack biche, P-R-O, and capital H, small AC, and then VI, capital V-I-C-E. The third case is coming forward. Mm. But, you know, that's why Flynn has said work locally, because what if our local judges didn't take an oath? And that's yeah. what I was questioning back in the 90s in San Diego. But what if, what if they're just operating because they would lie and say, of course, we took our oath. But then they think, I think they're trying to say that by not taking the oath, that they're not held responsible to the Constitution. Right. But you can't be in the seat making these decisions. So that's still treasonous. You're in a position making decisions for our nation, spending our money, putting laws through, and you have no right to even be in that seat by not taking the oath to our Constitution. So, well, I'm a former county commissioner, so I took that oath to the Constitution, to the state and the federal Constitution. Mm -hmm. I knew what it meant, but I can tell you uh, the other commissioners that I served with didn't have a clue. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, yeah, I read the Constitution once. I mean, if you, if you don't really understand it, uh, that's not an excuse. You swore that oath. You've got to You've got to uphold that oath. And incidentally, a lot of people don't realize that you are supposed to be bonded when you take that oath. You mm -hmm. are supposed to provo provide a performance bond that guarantees you will follow that oath. And if you don't, that there'll be a financial uh, hit against you as someone who is representing the people. Absolutely. And they, they, they've not signed their affidavit. And if you have an invalid affidavit within the same 10 days, you have to cure it. They haven't done that either. There was a, a cute thing. And I think this was in San Diego County, because I remember it very well. It hit all the top news stations and it hit, hit the newspaper. A woman took an oath on her son's favorite Dr. Seuss book. 
And I think oh, yeah. she was up for city council or when she when she took her oath, she took it on a Dr. Seuss book. And people thought it was funny and everything. Nobody took any action about that person. And I knew then that, that we're on a slippery slide if this is what we consider, because that's how they've been able to come in and take over these positions, because we aren't holding them accountable to their oath and even making sure that they take that oath and stand in that position with our Constitution. So we tried to I, I ran for the state chair position for the Montana Republican Party. And one of the things that I wanted to make a requirement was if you uh, were elected in a, a Republican in a responsible elected position as a Republican, you had to have three days of constitutional training so that you understood what your oath of office was all about. And uh, guess who the ones that uh, voted against me? I lost by 12 votes uh, after they kind of rigged the election. But I guess who voted against me? It was the elected officials. The, mm -hmm. the uh, county chairs and all the local people voted for me, but the elected officials are the one they didn't want to be held accountable. No. No, uh, and I found the state representatives, no matter where I speak, the state representatives don't know their state constitution. Mm -hmm. I, I Before all of this, I'd only studied Nebraska because I grew up in Nebraska and California. Nebraska was 1867. California was 1850. That kind of shocked me mm -hmm. that, that I thought things went <laughs> from east to west and Nebraska would be before California. But they, they became a state in 1850. And I, in studying those constitutions, there's something major in the Constitution in California. Nobody wanted to address it. it lotteries are not allowed. Mm -hmm. And they brought in lotteries and they voted and voted and voted till they got them in. And they said it was for the schools and it hasn't, nothing has gone to the schools. Nothing has helped with the schools. And they're doing all these lotteries in California and it's completely against the constitution. Mm -hmm. And nobody seems to, nobody seems to want to clear these things up. And that's why it's been so important to tell the people they flipped the switch on us. They made it that federal was was the big deal. Federal oh, yeah. were the guys that you go and beg to get a couple of dollars from them to repair your roads. That is not what it is. They were supposed to own homes, own businesses, own land before, because you have to have a stake in this nation before right. you represent your state for this nation. And these people are, don't even own a home, most of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's been crazy. They just, they just position people in these positions and they don't have the backing and they were only supposed to go to the federal when they needed to make a decision. They, and now they've turned into full-time jobs and retirement and funding. And I mean, it, because. Empires, I, empires, the Clintons are a perfect example. So are the Obamas. They literally come into an office with nothing. And by the time they're in elective office, uh, at, at a modest salary for a matter of a few years, they're billionaires. It's all done on purpose, and it's all the Kazarian plan against this nation. It took a lot more for them to come against this nation. But when you think of all the people they've removed and replaced, <laughs> poisoned, and, and um, it, it's just it's amazing what they have done and how they have operated and gotten away with it. I mean, they put these guidestones in a cow pasture. Why was it in a cow pasture? Oh, here's, I need to tell you that for the sake of American books is based on a, a word and vision that was given to three prophets. 
a reason being I need to share this is that if you put a pillar in Macon, Georgia, because God told these three prophets, he put angelic vortexes huge over Macon, Georgia, because there's a lot of satanic portals over Macon, Georgia, and uh, still to this day. And they, he also did it in Moravian Falls. And I did not know until he sent me to the mountaintop to gain a new perspective that I was exactly in the middle, in the mountaintop of Georgia, uh, in between those two areas. And they said, well, if the eastern gates would be open unto Christ when he returns, he would come right in through here, and he would have had to come in right over those guidestones. They were put on the highest hill in Elbert, Georgia, on absolute purpose, because that's what it says in Scripture. The eastern gate shall be open unto him. Hmm. And that that oh that really sat with me, and I, I was thinking of these things. And those three prophets passed within uh, the year of me coming to Georgia the first time. Uh, and the February 2014 was Bob Jones, not the university, because he was high noble in the Knights of Pythias. People don't understand these people are high nobles in these secret societies, running these Christian universities and other universities, etc. And uh, then the second one was. Uh, Albert um, the from Wales, uh, he traveled with them. And the third one was John Paul Jackson, February 2015. And they quit using the name prophet. They were just brother, brother brothers in Christ. Mm -hmm. So the three brothers in Christ traveled together all the time, and they were throughout Georgia all the time. And every pastor I met who traveled with them or worked with them or met with them also then changed not to be a pastor, to be a brother. And so they were making a major change through this whole area. And within that one year, all three of those men were taken out. And it was a complete surprise on John Paul Jackson, February 2015. Mm -hmm. So um, those three men got that same vision and word in the same night. And they weren't even in the same area. And wow. that became the motivation for the books. And when the third person told me in 2015 at a wedding reception, in fact, God had me move up in the family rows to sit to take. To, and I said, God, I can't do that. That's a family area. He said, please move now. And when I moved, I, I went all the way out to the end of the row. And the husband and wife that came in and sat by me, the wife and I were taking pictures and the husband reached over and grabbed me by the wrist and said, we need to talk at the reception. And so I said, see, God, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> you got me at this wedding in the family rows. And now I'm going to have to get chastised at the reception. And so I meet with this guy at the reception and he was the third man who was told how to find me in Georgia. Mm. Of the representatives that these three prophets gave this word and vision to. And all I could do was cry. I immediately left the reception. I cried. I could hardly even see as I was driving to a host family. I, I And I sat down with them because their daughter had donated the car to me. They She didn't even know my name. God told her at midnight one night, that woman, your parents have been telling you about, you need to donate that car you left in Macon, Georgia when you moved. And so I get this donated car. So I drive back to their house and I tell them what's going on. And... Um, and we prayed and they said, I think God's going to give you a better perspective on all of this. They said, there is just so much information that's coming together. Connecting the dots is what I've been hearing all the time. They said, you're becoming the professor of connecting the dots. And they said, you're going to need to be away from everything. I think he's going to send you to the mountaintop and you go ahead and pray about it. It wasn't even a week and I had a place up in the mountaintop. And I didn't even know for two years after that. And it's in the books. I was supposed to go to Cornelia, Georgia, that had the seven highest mountaintops. That plan was just to get me to the mountain. I stayed in Baldwin 
where somebody had three cats and I'm allergic to cats. And I said, God, what is happening with this? He said, there's a purpose to everything. That's all he told me. There's a purpose to everything. I said, okay, but cats, were we really going to do cats? And it was two or three years later. And it's in my book. Baldwin stands for stonepile. Hmm. And a woman from Israel sent a message to the banker in that area. And he sent the email to me. He said, she's gone back to Israel, but this is so heavy on her heart. And she was talking about this stone pile that was left and about Baldwin and blah, 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 blah. And uh, and I had to scroll down through this email because the phone was so narrow. And so I'm scrolling down and scrolling down. I called him and I said, where's the information? He goes, it's all the way to the end. So I kept scrolling down. And then I said, well, God, I said, how do you want me to put this together? And he said, it's going to be easy. It's on their website. So I looked up the website for Baldwin, Georgia, and I did not know the word Baldwin means stone pile. Huh. So the town was named after this stone pile that was left by the Cherokee. And when the nations of the tribes of Israel um, that were in America, when they made their nation lines, the nation line was right at that line. So the Creek Cherokee nation line was where they put this stone pile. And those are the stones of remembrance. And it says on the website, if you even go to it today, Baldwin, Georgia, and uh, because that's what the name means, if you go to that website, they'll say, we have no idea. There was a stone pile that was left by the Cherokee who used to live abundant on this land, but after the, they had to leave in the Trail of Tears, and now they're gone, and so the meaning of all of this is lost forever. The people in the town don't even know what they're named after or that those stones were left to let the people know what happened to the Cherokee, because they took their case all the way to the Supreme Court and won, but the president of the United States at the time said, we'll let them try and enforce it. And they still pushed them off, out of their homes and off their land. Mm -hmm. And so that background on that, that's why that became the initiation to book three that talked about the guidestones, because God had me do the first chapter on that information on the stones of remembrance that we don't even realize. At the Jordan, they put the stones of remembrance when they moved on from there, the Red Sea. There was always the stones to remind people that a specific thing happened with our father and it happened right here don't ever forget and that's what the stones of remembrance are and then the second chapter of book three is about the meaning of stone in hebrew because the aleph is god the father the bit is god the son and the noun is feminine for the holy spirit and i didn't know that the noun was feminine for holy spirit until i met a hebrew scholar who confirmed all of that so that's in in chapter two and that's why God had me move the Georgia Guidestones chapter to chapter three, because he said, I want them to know about the Stones of Remembrance, to know the meaning of stones, why these men knew about it. And my people do not know. It could have been guidelines. It could have been anything, but they called it Guidestones on purpose as mockery to the Father. And so Father said, I want them to know. And that's why he had me move that chapter on the Georgia Guidestones to chapter three. Now, I'm going to ask you a question uh, that you may uh, may know something, but I'm not sure in your research. And that is, uh, who took down the Guidestones? Do you have any idea who actually brought down the Guidestones? Well, two things happened in that night. There was a storm that went through, and there's like a karate chop. I sent some pictures in, in the PowerPoint. There's a karate chop over the Spanish-English uh, uh, pillar. 
but there was also a directed energy weapon. The Intel team sent me the video of exactly what happened. And I was able to take some still shots and put it into a PowerPoint that I've been sharing at, at Reawaken. So people can see, so you can see the directed energy weapon that, because they've used it on us. When I was hit with the viral weapon, I was hit in two places with a directed energy weapon and you don't even notice it. And the symptoms don't show up for 10 or 12 days. Well, these guys did it so precisely that it hit and it knocked down the China Russia's pillar on the back side of where the karate chop was of the lightning strike. And I think that's why they took it down. Within 12 hours, it went down at 4.03.33 in the morning. And it was something that the team was doing with the father on the dates and everything. But to be able to hit it exactly at 4.03.33, because four is structure, and 333 represents the third of angels that fell from heaven to obliterate them to the four corners of the earth. Mm -hmm. So that was their plan. And that's exactly when the hit uh, happened. And uh, they sent me the whole video and I was able to take the three screenshots that I share on the reawaken tour on the mm -hmm. PowerPoint. So I don't know if you want to share any of those pictures. But... You know, I, yeah, Thumper, uh, I, I, I thought my producer Thumper, I don't know if he's uh in position to do that, but uh, Thumper, if you're available, um, I, I sent you all the information that uh, Sheila sent me, and so uh, if he happens to be handy, and if he isn't, I'll see if we can pull him up in a little bit, but um, anyway, he did get all those things that you sent to me, so, okay. and I, I always uh, look to uh, Thumper, my producer, to do this stuff because I like you. I'm uh, uh, technically challenged. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> there was a wonderful thing that happened the very next day on seven seven. Well, seven six is when they went down, and I've been playing Charlie Daniels' music uh, to introduce yeah. it um, that part of the program uh, at Reawaken because it was Charlie Daniels that got that song from the father, prompted him to do "The Devil Went Down to Georgia." And I don't know that he knew any of the rest of what God wanted me to find in Georgia, but he gave him that song when he needed a song for his album. That happened exactly 17 years after they took out JFK, Aldous Huxley, and C.S. Lewis in 1979. And then in 1980 is when they put up the stones on 322 on purpose. Mm -hmm. So he died on July 6th of 2020, mm -hmm. Charlie Daniels, and the mm -hmm. stones went down on July 6th of 22. So 7622 is 17. They went down on the 76th birthday of George W., the 43rd president. He mm. turned 76 that day. And that was another 1776, just like the one they did on, um, on the day they announced the queen's death. I'm saying the words very specifically. They announced her death exactly 17 months after they announced her husband's death. And uh, on that day was another 1776. So they've been giving us, the teams have been giving us these signals to, to let us know we're with you, we're with you. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it, to me, it's just as powerful. And one of my favorite, beyond Kofefe, because when the president said Kofefe, people didn't realize, I looked it up right away, and in the end, God wins, is also Kofefe, but they took all those definitions down the same day that he made that announcement because they noticed how much we were Googling to find it. But mm -hmm. the one I really love that our president did is, um, does anyone have a phone number? I, I want to buy Greenland. So if anyone has the phone number of who I call, because I want to make that call, because I really do want to buy Greenland. 
And that was to troll the rulership, which are these Kazarians who took over the rulership of these nations, because they've been putting people on ice for all these years, because it's only 10 layers of ice underneath the ground where they've been putting people, just like the people that do things here, they put them in a brig at some base, they don't even tell their family where they can find them. You, you know what I mean? So it's the same. And they're doing the same thing every century. They're doing the same thing every 20 years. Every 20 years, we have something go on. In 19 uh, or 29, uh, the 1900s, after they did the three years of uh, wear a mask or go to jail, it was the H1N1 virus. It was never the flu. It was never the Spain, never from Spain. It was the H1N1 virus. And that's even on the CDC archives. But when they do these lies to us and they make us do these things in this 20 year, they also do it because that's between elections. They also do it to shake things up at that time. But their 20 year, the way they do this, that's a cycle back to death. And then it has to recycle. They believe in reincarnation. They're, they're completely opposite mm -hmm. of us. And so when they, this 20 means in their terminology is that it goes in its cycle and you recycle everything in the 20. And so that's why that happened in that. Then look what happened in the 1940s. Then look what happened in the 1960s. And look what happened in the 1980s. In the 1900, they, they were so wanting to get rid of us. And by 2014 was the year on the capstone of the Georgia Guidestones. And that didn't work. So they took the 2014 down because 14 is their famous number. And, and then that's why they tried so hard in 2020. Because imagine the ultimate for them is to recycle the whole planet in 2020. And they diligently did everything they could to completely depopulate mm -hmm. us to 500 million. And they, can you imagine how mad they are that, that our father loves us so much that he brings us through? Um, mm -hmm. now well, I know they've been planning this for a mm -hmm. long time. I've been uh, one of the more outspoken people nationally on UN Agenda 21. I've been talking about it for 20 plus years in a, in a major way. And uh, the thing that's fascinating is how everything is connected with numbers. Part of this mm -hmm. occultism is numerical sequences that's always about the same use of numbers because they have a, a satanic uh, reference point to numbers. And that's what you're talking about. Thumper, uh, uh, Sheila had uh, something that she was talking about, maybe being able to uh, pull up on screen. Sheila, would you um, be able to tell Thumper what you want to show? Well, uh, it's right in the email of the uh, intro from the LT interview, and then that one has the former Georgia Guidestones. Is, there, is I, there a um, link I'm supposed to have with that? It's uh, it's uh, the PowerPoint email that has the the individual PowerPoints, and gotcha. this is the one on the gotcha. former Georgia Guidestones okay. that has the intro. Let me pull it up here, just a second here. Okay. Well, in the meantime, I can tell you the 14, and, and we've been talking about the 14 pieces of Osiris. We talked about 2014. They wanted us out. I can tell you something miraculous they did with 14 that nobody seems to understand. And I put all of this in book five. I, I, seriously, when I did book five, I thought, the Lord, once I tell them all of this, that's that's enough. I, I'm going to stop right here. In, um, in 1992, George H.W. Scherf, the family went by Bush in America, but that, that was not their name. They were from mm -hmm. Germany. They were in the SS with Hitler. And... Um, 
they just used the code name in the SS. Prescott Bush used that. And so he never adopted anybody. They, they are the actual family. So George H.W. Scherf, who went by Bush, President 41 in 1992, got a joint house resolution where they said it was a rabbi that brought in the Noahide laws. Those are from the Babylonian Talmud. And this is when there was a major change in our nation in absolutely everything was 1992, because that's when the Satanist religion was coming forward and demanding that a Baphomet replace the or sit next to the Ten Commandments anywhere we wanted to have it. And if you look back in history, that's exactly when they started to remove the Ten Commandments from the courthouses, Ten Commandments from the schools, mm -hmm. from the Capitol buildings, et cetera. And there's a huge Supreme Court case with Oklahoma, where Oklahoma had a Supreme Court case where they said they were going to bring the 8,000 pound Baphomet that they had in Detroit, Michigan, that they were going to bring it and place it in front of the, the Capitol building in Oklahoma. Nobody in Oklahoma wanted a Baphomet in front of their mm -hmm. Capitol building. And so they, they just dismissed the case, just let it go. Then um, what happened is it got even worse. Not only did they put the Noahide laws in and said that they were the, um, they were the founding of our nation of our morals of a civil society. They made those claims in the Joint House Resolution and it was numbered 104 in 1992. In and 1992, incidentally, Sheila, uh, that's also the same year that the Rio Earth Summit uh, that brought on UN Agenda 21 and 2030, uh, same year. That 92 yes. was a, uh, an amazing year. And everything started to change and nobody noticed the change. And then Clinton comes in as the president in 93. And there's a second joint house resolution that expands the Noahide laws that are from the Babylonian Talmud. And so the rabbi, people don't understand, they hear rabbi and they think it's a Jewish rabbi. They've got to wake up to this. A lot of rabbis that you're hearing things from and buying books through are the rabbis of the Babylonian Talmud. The Babylonian Talmud has the same rabbi name as the Jewish religion has for their rabbi. And so this rabbi, they were honoring again in 93, and that's when the one under Clinton expanded it into the education system. And that's why they've been taught things that are completely opposite of the truth. But lie is what they do until everything Americans believe is false. And it's not just Americans, this has been happening globally. So when he did that in 93, Guess what the number was of that one? 410. And that made it the reverse of that's a mirror of 14. So you got 104 and 410. And so I put both of those joint house resolutions in book five and I compared the Ten Commandments with them. And that's why no the younger people are not honoring their mother and father because they're they're gonna die. So are the grandparents. That's what the faith monument is about. Raise up a child in the way they should go. Say, do not depart from it. It's four pillars. It's simple. The pilgrims gave that to us. But they want the opposite, that the government will take care of you because your parents and grandparents are going to die. So who you need to believe in and stay with is the government. And so they've turned the government into a relational position with the younger people who start to pull away from their moms and dads because you don't think about mom and dad dying until somebody tells you that they're not going to be here, but we'll be here for you. So they're, they're indoctrinating the children in this. Mm -hmm. So it's there's not just one God that's not in there. And there's nothing about Sabbath being with the father and learning the truth from him. So. Wow. 
Gumper, uh, did uh, I? I sent you. I think all of that, but uh, yeah, I had to. I had to download the uh, uh, the PowerPoint because it was too large to be able to I open see. up. So I'm. Uh, I've got it downloaded now. Which slide did you need? Well, if you want to start from the beginning, can you play the beginning? Because that's John F. Kennedy telling us what they were doing to us. Because Eisenhower had told him, so he was telling us. And uh, and then, of course, they had to get rid of him because he knew the truth. Okay, stand by here a second. I got to get it set up. I sure appreciate your help on all of this. Oh, no problem. I, I can't function without Thumper. I can tell you that he he uh, he he keeps me on track. Only if I could stay on track. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It should be the one before that. Um, it's a, it's a, it looks like a black slide, but it has a link. Mm. Yeah, it has a link toward the bottom. It's a short video, yeah, I a minute, care. 20 seconds. I don't see a link on there, Sheila. Uh, scroll down toward the bottom. If you click um, toward the bottom, it's a little bit lighter. I can barely see it myself but you have to go toward the bottom of the slide. Yeah, I've got the whole Like slide. where the bar would be to, uh, if, if it were like a YouTube video. I don't know if I can do it from here, but right down where, I don't know if you can see my arrow. Oh, I can't, I can't see yours right now because I'm sharing this screen here. Okay. Um, is this this? Is there this there the we go. Okay, this is the one you're talking about. Okay, because the, the very first. Well, that's is, is that's black. not the that's not the. Uh, there's an audio thing that works with it. It's a um, short um, audio tape uh, clip where it has his voice and he's reading that paragraph about uh, it's a monolithic, uh, going to be a monolithic society where it's all done by invasion versus um, uh, infiltration versus invasion, right. subversion. He, yeah. he describes all of it. But um, this is their overall plan. There's a plot in this country to enslave every man, woman, and child before I leave this high noble office. So he was trying to tell us, but we didn't know about the Knights of Pythias or that they were the high nobles over all the other secret societies. I intend to expose this plot. Seven days later, he was taken out. Part and the one you showed with you, my nature restoration a, book. Did you do this as a PowerPoint? Yes. Okay, because I'm opening it up on Keynote because I'm on an Apple. So oh, okay. It, it won't so if the you the PowerPoint presentation. Okay. Mm. Is it the book with the figures right before this? This one, this is my book on the identity theft that is the infiltration. And these are only the cases that were reported to the Federal Trade Commission. And I was changing my ID every few months during this time period. And I was never told to report any of the ID theft cases against me to the Federal Trade Commission. So this is only part of what has been reported uh, to them. And between 98 and 2003, when they got rolling, uh, almost well, over 27 million people were impacted and filed cases. And so you, I saw the business plan developing. This is when they changed my ID in 92. The, by 93, there was less than 7,000 people since 1933. Then by 1995, there were 70,000. By 97, there were 700,000. In 98, there was 1 million in that year. 
by 2001, there was 4.5 million cases in that year, and that doubled again in 2002 with 9.9. And so between 98 and 2003, when I wrote the second identity theft law talking points, um, in those five years, it was 27.3 cases. And, um, and that was taken right straight off of the press releases from the Federal Trade Commission. And as soon as I got that talking points approved by the Senate Banking and Finance Committee and got the second law, they quit reporting the numbers on Federal Trade Commission's website. Really? Mm. So the next slide, I think then we go into, um, we can just quickly go through them, Thumper, if you, that we went that one, the next slide. I love this one. It's just a meme, but President Trump's got this. It's Kennedy sitting there saying, I know. And then Dan Scavino's like, sir, who are you talking to? But they've he's known what they were dealing with. He's got everything. Next mm -hmm. slide. And this is what Grant knew is where we are now. There are two parties, but it's traitors and patriots. Next slide. We go into the down of the Georgia Guidestones. Next slide. Hmm. This is what I was talking about with the ancient logos. This is who they've been from the very, very beginning. And if you see the logo on the left, you see the crown on the top. And they call it a bent cross, but that's a Nazi symbol. Akazanazi is who they are and where they say they're from. And uh, that was part of them, and it's Nazi. And those two triangles are the star of Remphan. And you can look it up in scripture. Remphan is the star of Satan. And the E and the R, R is Latin for Regina, which is queen, and E is Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth II was in the center of this when she ruled. And when Charles ruled, um, became the ruler at his coronation a few days ago, mm -hmm. when he leaned forward in that red chair, I have a picture that someone sent me specifically who was attending it so I could get that picture. He has the crown. And then below that is his C with his three and R. Queen Elizabeth II was E with, a, with two Roman numeral R. And now Charles is C with the three Roman numerals R because Latin for king is R-E-X. So mm -hmm. the R stands whether you're queen or king, Regina or, and they put them over this whole cult that is taking over and controlling everything in the world. Now that's a, that, that is in itself a frightening thought. I mean, Charles is a nitwit. You know, well, he's, he's just the face of. Yeah. Those that are willing to be the face of are never the ones controlling the plan. That's true, yeah. If they're, and the money they're making is nothing compared to the money they're, they're providing to the people who are giving these positions to them. True. Mm -hmm. sure. And if you think back, King Edward, uh, just if we go back a moment, in true history, King Edward, and it was very publicized, he could not become king or remain as king. Um, he had to abdicate to his brother George, Elizabeth's dad. This was all done on purpose mm -hmm. because he was going to, he was considering marrying a divorcee. Mm -hmm. Charles yeah. is divorced. Camilla Parker Bowles was still married when they did all of that. And then she became divorced. So there's two divorced people sitting in those seats, which are against their own rules, mm -hmm. but they got no one else to put in there. 
That's true. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. But you're right. That was uh, um, that was a big deal back in the 1930s. Absolutely. It was in, I mean, it was in every day's conversation. On the, it was all radio then. Mm-hmm. But then you see this Theosophical Society you see on the left, and it says Religion Superiore, um, and that now they say uh, there is no no religion above truth, only truth. Um, and so even at Harvard, they've changed from Ecclesia de Cristo de Veritas, which means truth, and now the whole motto at Harvard University is Veritas. So it's their truth, not that it's the real truth. And there are no versions of the truth. And it, and it evolved. They evolved all of this into eugenics. And eugenics is described right on that old ancient logo. Eugenics is a self-direction of human evolution. And that's exactly what Pfizer was doing when James O'Keefe was over the target just a few weeks ago. That's what they're doing. Because if they can affect our DNA and our immune system that is perfect through the Father, and people say, this is all brand new. I said, it's not brand new. Why do we have entire hospitals for children with cancer? God doesn't send them to earth with cancer. And now there's entire hospitals. So that OM entity that they now have above is the ancient religion. And that's the Brahma is the creator. Vishnu is the supplier, sustainer. And Shiva is the destructor. And people don't know what that is. That's the one that looks like they're dancing. And they have, they have the three sets of arms and three sets of legs. And it's the Shiva is at the end of the table at the UN. It's at the end of the table of the WHO. It's at the end of the table of the WEF. When they meet in council, that's what's there, the CERN. Every one of those keeps the Shiva, uh, which is death. Their whole cycle is unto death. And so it's their death and we're life. That's the difference. Next slide. This was, this was the Georgia Guidestones, 19 feet tall. Next slide. This is the 40330. It's a little hard to see here, way up on the top left. And then 40332. I couldn't get 31. I tried and tried. couldn't get that. But I got a still shot at 40332. And then 40333 is when it took the hit. And next slide. You can see where it took the hit on the back side, mm-hmm. on, the, on the upper left. But you see where God gave it the karate chop on the on the next one. That's a lightning strike. And the other one was where the directed energy weapon hit it. And then they said it was a mysterious Georgia monument destroyed by an explosive device. They had a backhoe out there from the county commissioners, but they donated this. They said it was a gift to the commissioners. And you've been on the commissioners, so you understand they're the ones that handle the budgets and the money. So the people in this area were paying the taxes to maintain this thing, give it a new fencing. It had a new big red gate. The last time I was there, I did a live interview in 2019, and they had a big, beautiful new gate, and it was 39 uh, anniversary, 322 of 2019. 2019. (laughs) This is amazing. This is amazing. You can't make this up. No. Cannot make this up. Wow. Next slide. Uh, That same day, now how you see how God is, that exact same day, 7-6, Banners for Freedom was doing a surprise for me, but they wouldn't tell me what the surprise was, but they asked for a cover, copy of my logo and a copy of the first book so they could put the book up. I didn't know what they were doing this. 
And God is so amazing. That's the same morning the Guidestones went down. So when I sent a picture to them and I said, you're not going to believe what just happened. And I sent a picture to them. They called Times Square and said, can we get this up on Times Square? And they got that uh, picture up on Times Square. And so this was up for a week in Times Square. And it's a little hard to see down at the bottom. But in Russia, they built a Tower of Babel out of wood and then burned. it was all burned. And all that was happening at the same time frame. And so Ostradamus was getting a shout out. And when they did all of this, they had no idea the guy's stones were going down that day, but God did. And it was up the whole week and reawaken was that weekend. And so I was able to share all this at that point. And I think the next slide is just the books. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. books have all this information. So I think that's the whole PowerPoint. I think that's the end temper. Well, I, you know, it, it, like I said just a few minutes ago, you can't make this stuff up. And, uh, you know, the way all this stuff progresses with the numbers and all the rest, when you start connecting the dots, it all makes perfect sense. And it is exactly what you're saying. They are telegraphing a lot of the stuff that they're doing ahead of time. And that's part of the requirement for them to do this stuff is that they can claim that uh, we should have known this all along. We should have seen it all along. They, they, there's a, and, you know, I don't know how to, how to prove this other than the fact that I've heard this repeatedly. There's a requirement of their rituals that they have to let us know what they're doing. They have to telegraph what they're doing and uh, do it in a way that nobody wakes up, but at the same time, they can claim that they've allowed all this information to be there all along. They, they absolutely know what they're doing. And it's just, we don't, we don't catch on all the code of what they're doing. And we don't even think like that. Our conscience works in a different way. Um, but we didn't understand, and they confuse it by calling these are the Masons, these are the Shriners, these are the Jesuits, these are the Knights Templar, these are the, they're all operating with other entities and deities that they've taken oaths to. And people don't realize how powerful those oaths are. Mm -hmm. they, they still feel, many of them still feel, no, we're, we're, we're Christian. You've taken oaths to other gods. Now you're not just yeah. honoring other gods once in a while or idolizing some of the gods. You've taken oaths to those gods, but they didn't even know that they were taking oaths to the gods. You see how right. it's a simple, simple process that, uh, and it's all these fraternal organizations, charitable, donate to these charitable organizations mm -hmm. that are benevolent and uh, and family friendly, and uh, they're all they all have the same agenda. Some of my very best friends are uh, Masons, uh, very best friends, somebody that I would trust implicitly mm -hmm. and uh, good, good people that I absolutely uh, love these people, but they do not understand the depth of all this that's behind it. And certainly uh, George Washington tried to warn us because he uh, he was sent a book by uh, trying to think of the doctor that wrote the book about the uh, Illuminati and the connections with the Masons. Anyway, George Washington, uh, he sent a copy to George Washington and George Washington 
uh, acknowledged and sent him a letter back. And he said, I've been a Mason my whole life. I had no idea how connected this now, is. Now, that's interesting because George Washington was supposedly made a Mason after his death in order to do that obelisk in D.C. Because the obelisks have power connecting to this crazy Georgia Guidestones. These obelisks are PowerPoint connectors um, with the other portals, the satanic portals. And so what was interesting is on 7-7 last year, 22, uh, God hit the big obelisk in the Philippines. Did you hear about this? No, no, never and, heard of word. Um, destroyed it. As you would come in, and I've never been to the Philippines, but as you would come in by boat or you would fly in, you would fly right over this obelisk. And so the obelisk was so destroyed by the lightning strike. Everyone said a lightning strike couldn't take down some concrete thing like that, blah, blah, blah. You know what no. I mean? Like whatever no. the guidestones. God did this the very next day. And now do you know what's happening on that shoreline right where that was hit? There are people lining up, tens of thousands of people lining up on this shoreline. I keep getting pictures on social media. They're coming for full immersion baptisms because of what happened. Mm. Because they knew what what that meant. And the very next week after the Georgia Guidestones were hit, uh, the one was hit in the Vatican. There's one right in the um, the plaza area. And I've never been there either. But this is God's sense of humor. That one was hit so abruptly, so strongly, that the headline in the uh, papers there said, Rome is burning. Mm. What an awesome headline that that would have. And that was about a week after the Guidestones went down. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Um, I'll, I'll have to uh, do a little bit of research on that, but um, I'm trying to think of who the who the doctor was. He was, uh, uh, I believe, an Englishman, wrote an article or wrote a book about uh, the connection between the Illuminati, the Jacobins, and the uh, Masonic uh, Lodge. And um, he sent a copy of that book to George Washington and George Washington uh, sent back a letter. And I've, I've seen just excerpts of that. So I'll wow. have to, I'll have to find that. Uh, maybe I can send you something. I'm learning so much from <laughs> you. I, I feel like I've got to send something back. <laughs> Well, David Barton is the guy to, to connect with on this because this is in, I think, my second book where um, I confirmed uh, the divine protection of George Washington because of his tight relationship with the father. And uh, a Native American chief went to visit him. Um, would have been, I think it was the War of 1755, or um, but he went 15 years later. I remember that. I don't remember what war it was in, but George Washington was over the troops, and he had um, the chief had said to all of his guys, he said, "What we have to do is take out their leaders, because then the troops all scattered." Mm -hmm. And now, um, that and, was during the French and uh, French Indian War. It, was it that was. 1755? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to just insert something here. Did you know George, King George III, was over not only England, but also France, Ireland, and the United States, even in the 1812 war? That no. went on to 1815, 16 because of the creek. I, I, we can share that now that you brought this up. But what, what, uh, what was said by this Native American chief, he said, sir, he said, I've come 15 years elder in age. Uh, to tell you what happened at that at that point, 
I had given the order to my men to take all of the leaders, and you were one, to get, get you out. And since you were the main one, I used my gun on you, and my gun had never missed. Mm-hmm. And I know I shot you at least 17 times. I'm pretty sure it was 17 times. And uh, this is all in one of David Barton's books. And it, he said, sir, not one took you. Not one hit you. Not one. And when I noticed it was happening with all of your men, I told my men that was it. And we stopped and we went home. Because there was no way to do anything because you were protected by the Almighty. Uh, you know, and it's so, funny. I know that story. I, I, I guess I must have read it uh, in one of uh, David Barton's books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because the Masons have tried to claim him because of that obelisk. And our military has told me that there's more than 300 that need to be dealt with around the world. And they're all done as PowerPoints for whatever these guys use them for with their communications. So, but they're opening portals. CERN CERN is opening satanic portals and wanting them to come here and help them. And it's like, they have no idea what they're opening up. Yeah, I've heard the very same thing. And in fact, I attended a conference in 2010 and uh, was uh, sitting with and visiting with one of the physicists that was working on that CERN project. And yeah, yeah. And, and he was talking about how this was going to open a portal into a new dimension. He talked openly about that. Well, they're proud of it. They're very, that's the whole, the whole focus of CERN is them countering everything. And what they don't understand is I, I could never, and I honestly, I say this all the time. I could never do what I'm doing with human knowledge. I, Mm -hmm. because, um, it's in scripture. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. And it goes out. We only think about that. But right after that, he says, so I'm not I'm not going to be uh, protecting your generations under the third and fourth generation because you, you know, have not um, come to me to understand. And mm-hmm. so I'm so honored to be able to communicate with him in this way. But I want everyone to know I God doesn't love me one ounce more than he loves anybody else listening to this i i'm not his his favorite and i'm not i don't even try to be i mean i I just want to serve him all of my days i want him to say that i'm a good and faithful servant i don't want him to say he doesn't know me and i was one of the best pew warmers you could have ever met um where when they had and they always had potlucks i was always there with snacks for people before because it always took too long to get to the meal and especially for the kids and then i always brought desserts and, and the entree and everything too and because i just i just loved the people and just couldn't spend enough time gathering together with the people and then when i found out and it was so easy to understand christ didn't do any of that and that's why the pilgrims banned everything happening and none of this the European church came back into this nation until after the civil war. And the president in 1870 brought Christmas president in 1873 brought Easter Ishtar. I didn't know about the satanic rituals. I mean, I'm learning it as, as Americans are learning it. And, and as God had been showing me these things and to keep taking me back to the root and to realize that this has been repeating and repeating and repeating. And if you don't help my people understand, it will continue to repeat until they are removed from the land. And that's what's been happening every single century, every single generation. And so that's been my passion to do and say what he wants me to say. Because Christ said, I only do what I see the Father do, and I only say what I hear the Father say. 
And when people say, well, you just keep mentioning the father all the time. And I said, well, that's because the only book I wrote backwards is a wake up call. It's going to be a little prayer pamphlet. And, and, and I wrote it backwards because the prayer pamphlet is now chapter 10 of this book. And God said, you want them to pray with me like you do? He said, then they have to know me like you do. So I had to do a chapter on the Holy Spirit, a chapter on Christ, because people say, I don't say Jesus enough. I've never seen in all of my travels with the Father, I've never seen a witch or a voodoo, anybody levitate off the ground until I say the name Christ. Because there's so many Jesus, Jesus around the world. The power is in the Redeemer. The power is Hamashiach, Yeshua. And they sing all these songs to Yeshua and to Jesus. And when they end prayers in churches, they go, in Jesus' name, amen. And people were judging me because they said, you don't say Jesus enough. You're supposed to say Jesus a lot if you represent him. And I said, but the power is in the Christ. The power is in our Redeemer and Savior. But he taught us to pray. And people don't relate relate to this. He taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we don't even know all of his names and natures. And he had me put them in this book. And then I said, how am I going to say I came up with all this? Because I didn't know this. And he said, well, just tell them a Bible scholar gave you all this because they believe Bible scholars more than they do me. I don't know how long I cried. Because it's like, he's telling me such deep truth, but that is true. Uh You know, Sheila, you're not a Bible scholar. What makes you think you can interpret any of these things? I'm not trying to interpret it. I'm telling you what the Father is saying. And so, because we've got to come to him in order to get through this is where we're at. Uh And so, when I did that book and that book came out, people were so completely shocked. And because... That's the first time God had me Google. He said, I want you to Google the names of Baal, because that was Nimrod thought he was Baal and called, wanted to be called Baal, said he went to the sun and came back as a sun god, and people believed him. You know, I mean, they, they believe these people, and now their lives are so close to what could sound like it's the truth that we believe everything they're saying, and they're able to use these lies to, to deceive the people. And it's being done, they've infiltrated absolutely everything. And so we've got a level of evil. And people say, I, I, I don't know why this isn't over. This has gone on so long. And I said, they've been doing it to us for the 250 years. If it takes 25 years just to get the main part done, it's still going to take three or four decades to clean everything else up because they have infiltrated and damaged everything that is the truth everywhere that it was provided so you would never align with the father you would only align with them and Mm -hmm. the reason i call him the father is because that's what christ called him and we're joint heirs with him and our prayers are to the father because the churches say give us your money and father will take care of your needs well there was no connection Mm -hmm. and we're asking god for stuff and that's how they've been able to influence us And I stopped my checklist when God told me, you just keep telling me how I'm doing based on what you want. And I I never thought of it that way. I was taught to seek the Father in all things. So it was all stuff I wanted. I didn't even look at it that way. And so when when he taught me that, I said, Father, I repent. And I didn't know about repentance except through him. And now that I've taught people about repentance, they think it's only on Yom Kippur. Each of the five books for the sake of America, no matter what happened in editing, no matter what happened in the cover releases, no matter what went on, they came out exactly on Yom Kippur every single year, five years in a row, 2016 oh. forward. And so there is so much that we're dealing with. And, I, and I'm sorry, I know we were going to do mainly uh, 
the identity theft and, and those things today. And <laughs> you're just, Dan, you just, you know so much about these things that it's so exciting. And what an honor to be with you to go into the depths of these things because we don't have a lot of time to turn it around for no, people. No, no, and And what you're saying, uh, see, I've gone through the same the same process. And I mean, God wants us to be the the people out there giving his message to the world through truth. The truth is what we are there to provide. And connecting dots is the way to do that. Mm-hmm. Getting people to understand just exactly how total and how evil and how satanic this whole process has been is something that most people don't want to deal with. But the fact is, you're right. The, the churches have completely let us down. If, if there, There's not a, 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 a situation where they haven't let us down because they've, they've tried to uh, accommodate all these things that are so earthly, so totally against what our biblical teachings are all about. I mean, they've that's been the plan. That's been the plan. They 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 teach us to think in terms of materialism and uh, what's in it for me and everything is about something other than the truth. And I'm I'm just excited because uh, you're talking truthfully and you've got so much knowledge in it. So absolutely amazing. All from the father. I'm not, I hated history probably because it was a lie, <laughs> but I just hated history and civics wasn't wasn't much more fun. You know what I mean? But but now to find out and to know the names of the people who were given all of these awards for changing our history in the books and forcing us to study this stuff until we could spit it back to professors and it was all lies. It just it's just really it's a lot to take in. A lot mm-hmm. to take in. It is. It's a lot to take in. Well, um, uh, give give our uh, listeners a little bit of information on how they can get more information on you and on your books. Well, they can find me at Barnes and Noble. Any any bookstores? Uh, my books are printed in several nations. We've had enough people ordering from Japan and Australia, and and of course they've they've been in Canada since months after I I issued my first books back in 2007 was a business book, and um, so you can find me there. You can find me on Amazon, and my website is uh, ministry website is His Best. Dot org, just hisbest.org. And on that website, uh, you don't, right now, you're not paying taxes or shipping or anything. We're just trying to get the information out uh, to the people in the best way that we can. And I have so many people that I'm, because I'm helping widows, and that includes women who are single mothers who don't have the line of authority of a husband and the children who have an orphan's heart because their father is no longer in the household. And uh, so the widows and orphans are those because we can't do much with the people in the state institutions which uh, are the widows and the orphans because they're supplementing even though the church is paid for it could have the methodist church name on it or a lutheran church name on it on the building but um, they're accepting state subsidies so you can't adopt children from the orphanages anymore 
you can't tour it. You can tour it. They'll give you a community tour, but you won't meet the kids or you won't be able to talk to the kids or um, you can't do anything like that because of the state subsidies. Because if they have 78 kids and they have room for 82, they want more subsidies. They're not going to let you adopt to and have them lose some of their subsidies. And it's just sad. And what they put the widows through in the um, in the buildings when they went through what we went through in 2020 and 2021 into 2022, uh, what they were dealing with was horrific. It was so hard to get. I couldn't get meals to them anymore. I couldn't, you know, so they really suffered. Uh, so. Um, so that's why I'm just I'm providing the books without taxes or shipping at this time uh, through the website, hisbest.org. OK, well, I'll make sure our, our viewers need to uh, support you and your work. But I, I want to introduce you to uh, somebody that I doubt that you've met. Her name is uh, Juliet Engel. She was an MK Ultra survivor as a child. She was uh, put through by her CIA parents, uh, the sex magic program, when she was only six years old and escaped when she was 17 years old and put herself through medical school ended up in Russia, ended up uh, over there helping them with the, uh, with the uh, pediatrics profession in Russia because she's so well known and um, ended up starting a program called uh, Angels Over Moscow and uh, saved something like 20,000 uh, children and uh, young women from prostitution and slavery. And she started a similar program in the United States called Angels Over America. And I need to get you guys connected because I know that she would absolutely love to hear some of the things that you've relayed today to our listeners. And I think she would be a huge help to you because she is, uh, she literally was part of the belly of the beast as well. Well, they're, they're part of all of it. In fact, I'm trying to find this document and uh, there, I have the cover sheet um, or the, they make those pay, a little bit heavier paper covers on the things that they do in, in Congress. And so I've got the cover. It was July, I believe, 17 of 1996. And so the cover confirms that the CIA had successfully infiltrated journalists and clergy. Hmm. Now, does that give you a clue as to why we're fighting what we're fighting and what people didn't realize they were going to realize in 2020, 2021, 2022? Um, and yet they want that fellowship. So they keep going back, knowing mm -hmm. that they were operating against them. It's just been a fascinating thing to watch. But uh, Stockholm Syndrome seems to, seems to be alive and well in America. I still, as I travel, keep seeing people wearing masks. As soon as they walk toward me, they, they pull the mask up. I said, you don't have to. And they said, oh, yes, I do for my own protection. So Really? Wow. Yeah. So it's still <laughs> happening. They're still wearing the mask, even though oh, there yeah. are no we, mandates. We, we see them uh, driving in traffic, somebody in a car by themselves wearing a mask. I mean, this, mm -hmm. is, this is insanity. This is just exactly how indoctrination works. Very quickly, uh, we're, we're really out of time, Sheila, but uh, very quickly before. Sheila, I'm not sure what happened. I just got knocked off the air. <laughs> uh, did you hear the question that I uh, that I asked about uh, President Trump? No, it was frozen. 
Everything okay. was frozen. Yeah, everything froze. And that just happened when I asked that question. Isn't that okay. interesting? I haven't had any problems up until this point. But mm -hmm. I'm going to ask it again. Uh, you've had some connection with the Trump administration. You've met some of the highest uh, officials in the administration, certainly talked with uh, uh, with uh, uh, General uh, uh, Michael Flynn and others. What do you think uh, about President Trump's understanding of the forces we're against? He understands. Uh, I, I've been in communication with General Flynn because of Reawaken, but we're not we're not personally having meetings. I don't want people to think that I'm, you know, okay. I'm on a Zoom with Intel people just because they want the civilian perspective and they find it interesting because they've never looked at the civilian perspective on these issues. Mm -hmm. so, so, but the president understands all of this. Um, the level of evil being so uh, so much uh, in absolutely every aspect of our lives, which means it's in absolutely every department, it's in absolutely everywhere, it's, it's everywhere. To understand that that evil is so pervasive and you don't even recognize them because they look just like you and me. You don't recognize who they are. You don't recognize that that their conscience is frozen. <laughs> they don't have they don't have the ability to to reason through things. They have a logic that they operate in that is based on how they've been trained up to operate, and um, and it has been successful for them. What what I pray about are the souls of those who felt they could keep doing this because nobody had to pay consequences all these prior generations. If you think about that, they've gotten away with this how many generations? And now it's in our generation and we have to pay a price. It's in our generation. So now we're wearing a boot because an ankle brace that won't stay on us because we got people who can get rid of those. So now we've got the ankle brace on, but we got a boot on top of it. Why is it happening to us when it hasn't happened in all these other generations? Can you imagine? And that's why they've been so against President Trump because he knew all of this. Mm -hmm. Just in his just in his background, he's the only one that testified and provided all the information on Epstein back in the 1990s. He's the only one. Mm -hmm. He went and purchased a casino in Atlantic City and helped Giuliani take down what had to be taken down do you see what I mean? So, so he hasn't tried to be in the forefront. He hasn't tried to make it about himself. He's done so much anonymously to help this country. But he told Rona Barrett when he was thirty year, about thirty years old, back in nineteen eighty or eighty one, he told her that if nobody would do this, if nobody would take on what's happening in this country, then he would have to take it on. Mm -hmm. But he's not trying to take it on. He's not trying to be the one to take it on when he was thirty. And I think his military uh, academy background has helped him. I think his meetings with the military. Do you remember when he went to, I believe it was Afghanistan. I believe it was Christmas. Could have been Thanksgiving, but I think it was Christmas. And the media said he's disappeared. He's probably off golfing somewhere. Well, he was able to sneak all the way over to Afghanistan and nobody knew. And this is how brilliant he is about all of these things. He asked the men how long is it going to take to handle this war? And they said, sir, we could button it up in seven to 10 days and be home. And he said, then why are you still here? And they said, because we're following orders. And he said, well, what is it about these orders? And he said, sir, we don't have an option. We have to follow orders. Mm -hmm. He told us in America so much in that point as to what we were up against, because this infiltration 
has caused us to be in this complete repeat of the agenda all the time without getting out of the cycle. And so there's a lot for us to face. And I know that he knows the depth of it. And that's why he shut down Cheyenne Mountain on March 15 of 2020. And there's things that they have done. There's communication levels they've been able to capture that are helping us through this entire thing. And they've captured all of those communications with those people. That has never been done in the history of our nation. So I know he's on top of this. And I haven't sat down and talked to the president. Like I said, I never even got to shake his hand. And um, I thought that was the reason I was being invited because I, I wasn't paying the 25, 45,000 to be there. I was invited to be there and I thought, this is it. They want to invite me, so I'm going to be able to shake his hand, but it hasn't happened yet. But people think we do. In fact, that in 2017, there was a prophet who called me, and I ended up driving an hour and a half the wrong way. I was almost to Memphis, and I was supposed to be in Nashville that night, and I went the wrong way. And the man was telling me all about my life, and then what he said was, what you need to know is you made an agreement with the Father that you would do whatever it takes to save America. And I said, sir, I'm an hour and a half out of it. I mean, it, it, he knew everything about my life, explained it. And I knew nothing about this man. But he had called me because Bill Morford, the Hebrew expert who transcribed the Hebrew into an English Bible named One New Man Bible. That's the man who told this man to call me because he gave him a prophetic word, said, I got a prophetic word for the president. I want to get it to him. And he said, well, the only person who can get that to the president is Sheila Holt. And I laughed. I said, sir, I don't know why he gave it to you. But God had him do that so he could tell me that. And I said, God, that's pretty big. And it feels like that's what we did because we're working on this together. And I get that. But God saving America, me? I said, you better give me a big confirmation. And do you know what happened? Is I, I, That's 2017. In 2021, when the president left that morning and made all the specific announcements to us, he got the presidential music. He got the 21-gun salute. And he said to, he thanked the military guys for everything they were doing to help him. And he said, I will be back soon. He went to Mar-a-Lago and changed his stationery to save America. It was the same type style with the red behind the letters, exactly as the father had shown me in 2017. And father said, is that a big enough confirmation? And I said, God, whatever else you need, I'll do. Wow. Fascinating. Well, Sheila, you've been a, a wonderful guest. I, I I look forward to the next time we get a chance to do a program together. And it certainly, uh, I, I can see we need to do, because we just barely scratched the surface, uh, and, and there's so much to talk about. So uh, thank you again for being my guest and our guest on this program. And I want to uh, ask our viewers to uh, please tune in again next Sunday, but tune in on Tuesday morning, too. I've got a great program lined up for Tuesday morning. Uh, Sheila, thank you again. What a blessing to be with you. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to L.A., where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say.
Cause there ain't no doubt 